As always, this podcast is sponsored by Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. Everything you need to be a successful podcaster is 100% free on Anchor. Hey everyone, you're listening to Connect, Collaborate and Create with Lisa and Devo, where every week we will dissect the life of an entrepreneur, sometimes ourselves, and highlight what we and others are doing to live their best entrepreneurial life. We are successful small business owners who have built two of the most sought-after photography studios in the South and have now combined forces to create Sprout Digital Connectors, a marketing agency for creatives and small business entrepreneurs. No, I'm going to start. Introduce the way you want to introduce. No, I like, I like what you were saying. So you said you don't know if something. Well... I lost my train of thought. What did talk. you say before that? That we've all had clients that we don't want to work with anymore. I know, but I don't know if we recognize when we don't want to work with them so much because we feel obligated to them, okay. right? So having that clarity to know that, okay, I don't want to do this, but why don't you want to do it? And why are you feeling guilty about it as well? All right, so I'm, I'm just going to kind of jump into it. So... We've all, I've been in business for a while, you've been in business for a while. Uh How many times do we have conversations with people where, especially when we're at networking events or just out and about, where we've had clients that we've worked with that we no longer wanted to work with. And I think that early on in our career, we were just trying to get business from everybody, Mm -hmm. whether it was clients that we loved working with or clients that we didn't love working with. We're just really, all we cared about was filling our bottom line. And as I've grown and evolved as a business owner and learned to kind of find who I am as a, as a photographer, as a business owner, the things that I really like to do, the things that really inspire my soul, I realize that I have become more selective in who I actually choose to work with. And I can afford to do that now because I'm, I make more money, I have a higher price tag, I'm more... I'm more able to kind of pick and choose my clients. And because I have a staff, I'm able to pick and choose even more refined who I work with. So I think, um, I think had I, had I known some of this, and this is actually interesting conversation because what we're, we're going to talk about today is how do you pick and choose? And when do you, when is the right time to say goodbye to a client? We're talking about the C word. <laughs> collaboration <laughs> which is <laughs> you lost which it. is which is what everybody it's it's like the word everyone's like collaborate 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 but there's times when maybe collaborating isn't the best thing and i think as well as entrepreneurs as small business owners we all have that embedded at some point in our life scarcity issue that oh my gosh what if the phone isn't ringing what if we don't don't get another job what if this is it we've got to make it work so we want to talk a little bit about that today right yeah so so my intro for that was kind of it's actually a variety of different topics right but really by and large who do you choose to collaborate why do you choose to collaborate with somebody and that and collaboration isn't just isn't just clients i mean that can also be friends that can also be partners that can also be people who are in your workspace that you are trying to do projects with. That could be clients that you are 
being commissioned to do work for. And at some point, it, it, reach, it reaches a crux, an impasse, where we're like, this person, this client, this friend, this family member, whomever they might be, they're not adding any value to my life any longer. They are inhibiting my growth. They're inhibiting my potential success. They're inhibiting my values. They're inhibiting my creativity. And I can no longer be stifled by that. So how do you say goodbye? What That's are the a signs? Good word. That's a good word for it, being stifled. Or you're just dreading it. It's just doom and gloom when you have to do something. You're not feeling energized. You're not feeling creative. You're not feeling invigorated by it. Um, and that can happen with anyone. I know you, you mentioned as well working for family or friends, which may be a totally different conversation as well. Because you do need to, in order to collaborate, you need to be on equal terms and you need to be both respected and feel respected and feel valued. And that's not being narcissistic, and, but you want to feel like you're each contributing what needs to be contributed. Well, you just said something that's really worth calling out a little bit further. So you said on equal terms. And I think a lot of times people think that because, because you're the client, let's just play role play here for mm -hmm. a minute. Let's, because you're the client and you're commissioning me to do work for you, whether it's consulting, whether it's strategy, whether it's helping you build your business or just take photos. I think a lot of times people confuse equal ground and partnership with client supplier relationship. And that because I'm a supplier of your needs, I'm supposed to bend over backwards and literally take whatever it is you throw my way. And so I think you need to draw a line between bending over backwards and providing excellent service to your client is not the same as being perpetually insulted, perpetually denigrated, perpetually taken advantage of, scope changes all the time. We've all had the clients where you had a contract in place or you had agreed upon terms and over time, because they didn't value your product or your service, they just kept asking for more. And, and at that point, it, the client relationship, client supplier relationship becomes compromised in my opinion. So how do you recognize that? And, and what are some of the terms around that for you? So that's as well you saying, you just don't feel valued at whatever you're doing. And it's not that we always need it like, wow, thank you. Um, but you do need to feel at some point that you are um, filling that need, that you are giving them value and that you're, you're appreciated. Yeah, and, and, and not to be negative, we've all had, um, like you said, maybe ones that have been a little bit more negative, but I think for the most part, we have fantastic collaborations with, with um, companies, other people that we're working with that bring so much to the table that you, you walk away and you're energized and you're like, I can't believe that, that I've landed this or that I'm working with this person or company and that they're teaching us a lot or we're, we're, we're getting um, other uh, clients just from working with this clients because they're talking about us and they're saying what wonderful things are happening. So there are a lot of fantastic collaborations that happen. And I think maybe having those fantastic ones, if you're only used to having ones where you're working around the clock and doing the hustle, not getting anything, and you think maybe that's the norm, it's not the norm. So you talked about being narcissistic and, and appreciate being appreciated for the value that you're offering that person. And, I, and I, I need to make a distinction between feeling appreciated and receiving acknowledgement for that mm -hmm. verse, uh, as opposed to vain narcissistic reasonings to have somebody pat your back. And, and we all, so, you know, I, I've seen study after study and research after research um, on 
how do you value your, and there's all sorts of books that have been written this, how do you value your team and how do you make them, how do you, how do you make them invested in your product and in your business and in what you're doing? And a lot of times I think people thought that because I'm paying that person, because I'm paying that staff member, because you're paying me to take your photos, that all I really care about is the dollar. And almost 10 out of 10 times, if you read almost every study, every scientific research that has been done on the employee-employer relationship, the client-supplier relationship, oftentimes money is not even in the top five. Mm -hmm. it's, it's really just, it's just really acknowledging Absolutely. that you went out of your way to provide that extra hour of coverage at no charge, or you went out of your way to do that extra bit of work at 3 a.m. on a Saturday morning, or you know, taking that phone call to, from that client when you're with your family. And, and the reasons you do that is because of the way they make you feel. They make you feel empowered, they value the work that you're providing to them, and they let you know this. And, th and that doesn't mean they have to stroke your, stoke your ego. That just means they appreciate the work and the extra effort that you're doing and they let you know that. Whether it's through Absolutely. a card in the mail, whether through it's t a text message, whether through the phone conversations you're having, whether a shout out and a testimonial. And we all know, we've, and, and, and anyone who tells me otherwise is bullshitting, that honestly, whether it's your ego or whatever it is, like I like feedback. I, I like people writing testimonials for me because it makes me feel like, you know what? They really valued what I gave them that time. They really saw the value in the energy and the effort that I put forth. And so make the, 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 that point you just made is brilliant. Well, positivity, positivity and kindness go a long way, honestly. And what's the opposite of that? When somebody isn't providing feedback, is giving you negative feedback or is constantly asking and nagging for more. Well, we've, we've said before, if a client is, is, you just vibe with them, they're really nice, you're, you're getting a good energy from them, you feel stoked to be doing stuff, you do extra, you just do, you, you go the extra mile. When somebody is negative, you know, they're not getting your best, you know, you, you begrudge doing some things, which is, is terrible, I think that's human nature though. So we talked a little bit about characteristics of, of value in terms of having clients or having partners or et cetera, collaborators that are working with you in that space that recognize what you're doing, that are also bringing value of their own to the table. It's a partnership. Absolutely. And call it what you will, call it client supplier, client, call it client collaborator, call it I'm working for you, whatever it is you're working for me. In the end, for me to provide my best level of service to you, you have a part to play in my space as well in terms of recognizing and participating and creating with me because you can't just expect a good partnership, a good client relationship, client supply relationship to work if both people aren't fully vested for a positive outcome, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think, how do, you, how, how do you get to the point from, let me rephrase this question. So, so we, we originally started off with how do you, I hate the word fire, but how do you fire somebody? At what point do you realize that this is no longer meeting your value proposition? It's no longer, it's now starting to stifle your creativity. And what do you do at that point? Where do you go? Um, I think some of it is, is what we discussed a little bit of already. Like we have this scarcity issue sometimes as being entrepreneurs, but it's, it's that same old thing. If you're saying to yes to everything, you're saying no to other opportunities. So. Having that mindset that you realize that maybe cutting that person out, calling that business is gonna free you up to do other things and being aware of that, that this isn't expanding your business. The, if you look at how much money it's bringing in and you think, you know, there's other opportunities for me to make money or there's other 
more positive ways for me to make money and for my business to grow. I think it's just in all, all in the way that you look at it. That's a very interesting point because you think that you're, you're, you're so motivated to, to cash that check, to see that money filling into your bank account, that oftentimes you forget that you think that, oh man, I've got to keep this client because you know it's a monthly revenue, they're paying me every month X number of dollars, You know that's how I get fed, that's how I feed my kids, yada, 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 that's how I drive my car, yada, yada. But in reality, if that client is stifling your creativity, it's preventing you from pr putting your best effort, your, your best forward-facing value that you're supposed to be adding in the first place. And if you're being stifled by this particular client, you're no longer putting out the type of energy that would attract other clients, right? Right. And, right. and so we often think, oh, we, we have to actually hold on to this person regardless. And that's not true because what you just said is brilliant. When you release the negativity, not only are you freeing that burden off your back, but you're now potentially opening yourself up for other opportunities that couldn't come in the door because Absolutely. you were acting, either you weren't living your best life or your energy was poor. And no matter, in the end, and you can call it what you want, I'm not trying to go esoteric, but all of this is an energy vibration. And if you're constantly down on yourself because you're regretting going to work or you hate having to work with this client because of the, how they make you feel and every single interaction you have with them makes you drain, that's gonna carry over in all of your other work. Absolutely. And other clients that might see that are just gonna walk away from that. Uh -huh. Would you agree with uh -huh. that? Um, and I think too, like there's so many things that come into our queue and we don't get all, our, all the jobs that we bid on. But having that mindset too that, you know what, that wasn't meant to be and something else will come up and every single time something else comes up and fills you up with, with another opportunity or something that you're even more excited about. Can we talk about some of the things that you were discussing before, the, um, the way that you feel when you're connecting with someone that's, that's a good fit mm -hmm. for you? Mm -hmm. so, so for me, there's a couple of different characteristics that when... I first interview and I actually do interview clients because I used to just take the money and be like, oh, I got a job, I got a job. But now because I'm at a point in my career where I can be more, I, I, I can be more discriminatory. I hate mm -hmm. that. I don't know if I, that's the right word, but yeah, I can be more discriminatory. So for me, working with clients that make me really excited about waking, waking up and going to work or, you know, I have, I have projects on weekends or, I'm work, or we've met with a couple of clients this week, in fact, that we've met with before that, you know, I was honestly excited and ecstatic about getting together mm -hmm, with them mm -hmm. because I knew their energy, I knew what they brought to the table and I was like, I have to match that. I gotta mm -hmm, bring my mm -hmm, A game. I'm mm -hmm. really excited to be able to provide something of value to them because they're coming in here with so much energy and so much excitement around and fervor around getting to work with me. It's like, shit, man, I feel like a really big deal and I need to step up my game and I'm excited about that. So that would be one element. Yeah, the me. excitement. You don't feel stagnated by them. You're excited and you're thinking about them all the time and different ways to help facilitate what they're, they're wanting to do, like creative energy that comes from it. Yeah, how many times, and we have some really good clients, mm -hmm. honestly. Yeah. How many times have you and I, and so you and I will be, it'll be midnight or we'll be out um, having dinner somewhere and we're supposed to be talking about our lives and each other or whatever it is that we're doing and our conversation goes to one of yeah. the client's projects yeah. that You're we're inspired. working on. You're inspired. Because we're constantly thinking about how can we make their life a little bit better for them because they're making our life so much better for us, right? Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And so we're always looking for ways to improve their life because they're, they're excited to be working with us. So that's really good signs of somebody that you want you to You really work. believe in, in the people that you're working with. 
Like they're not bringing a product to you that you're like, eh, how am I going to sell this? That's a really good point. And, and it's, that's a brilliant point. And that's one of the reasons that I left the corporate world. Is, you're invested in it. Yeah. I was working for a job that I honestly, truthfully, the product that I was creating, the service that I was selling, the projects I was working on, truthfully, they paid me well, but it, it wasn't inspiring work. Mm -hmm. And I was doing it for somebody else that didn't value what I brought to the table. And I was building all these widgets for them successfully. And at the end of the day, it was just like, okay, here's the next one, build it. And I'm like, hey, can we at least have some birthday cake party? Like, let's just acknowledge the team here and let everyone know that they just did a, I, I can't tell you how many times that, that actually got shot down. And in truth, truth be told, one of the primary reasons I left that space was because we would finish these multi-million dollar projects. This is a true, true story. We would finish these multi-million dollar projects and I would ask, can we have some sort of acknowledgement party for the team that just spent 60, 70 hours a week working for this project to build it over the last six months? And let's give them some sort of acknowledgement. Let's take them out to dinner. Let's let them have a happy hour. Let's, let's do something. And every time, no, we don't mm -hmm. have, it's not mm -hmm. in the budget. Mm -hmm. It's not in the budget. We just did a project that was multi-million dollars in revenue for you. I think you could splurge for a mm -hmm. few several hundred dollars for a party for these people. So, so there's, there's something, yeah, there's something about being ignited by what you're doing. Um, you know, you learn, you grow, you, you come out the other end better. And, and that, that multiplies as well. It multiplies into other jobs, into other clients, all of that. You don't want to walk away like you were saying. I always think of like Napoleon Dynamite where he works that day and he comes back and he's counting up his money and he's like, well, that's like a dollar an hour. You know, you don't want to have that feeling like you're counting the hours and you're not feeling like you're valued or anything like that. Absolutely. So, so there's people who live in that space every single day yeah. where they just get home and, that, you know, that's one of the reasons there's... There's drugs and alcohol abuse all over the planet. We can go in a different direction no, on that. State of course. So, how do you, so what are some ways that you can recognize early on in the process, maybe when you're first interviewing potential clients or potential partners or collaborations, what are some, what are some keystone markers that you might be able to see if you actually were genuflect about it and was like, oh, I, I recognize what that actually is. Can you think of some of that? About being positive about being excited? No, like from the beginning, how, how do you be more, how do you be more discriminatory in the work that you're taking on when you start to recognize some of the values that don't match with what you're doing? Well, I think, I think we've talked about this a lot. We, we're trying to work smarter. Mm -hmm. We only have so much time. So we value our time and what we're putting our energy into. So if we're willing to put the time into it, that means something. If we're like, oh, I don't want to like, oh, that's going to be a lot to work with them and, and kind of dreading those hours, then it's not a good fit. If you are totally invested, like we said, if you're excited, if you're energized, if, you if you're constantly like buzzing about it, yes, that's good. If, if you're feeling like you cannot participate, that every time you open your mouth that what you're saying is not heard. Mm -hmm then that's kind of a sign that you're not really going to be able to to facilitate what they need if they're not really listening to you if you're not really fitting into that niche of what they need if you can't be the expert in a certain area for them that's giving them value then then there's probably not a fit for you and be aware of that be mm -hmm. self-aware of that mm -hmm. as that as that's transacting early yeah. on in the relationship and that might be maybe it's just the fact that maybe you're not at that point yet that you can fill that job role maybe in another year you'll have enough experience that you will fit that that role or maybe it's just not maybe it's a personality conflict maybe 
That's a good point because we evolve as well. Absolutely. And, and our, our priorities change all the time. As we become better at something and more refined at something and more skilled at something, we realize that we don't prefer this or we prefer that more than the other. So that's a great point. I think one of the ways that I've started kind of establishing these proper relationships, and I don't always succeed at this, but one of the things that I've tried to really be cognizant of in the beginning of this is setting boundaries through documentation around what the expectations are for the client relationship with me. What does the contract say? How many hours do you have me for coverage? If we're doing strategic consulting for you, how many hours do you have every month? Mm -hmm. If it, Are we expected to drop literally everything and respond to text messages or cell phone calls or whatever it is? So setting those boundaries from the beginning not only not only enables you to have a peace of mind because you have it in writing, but it also sets some parameters for your client yep, that you're working absolutely. with. So they have expectations around deliverables. And I think I had this conversation with somebody one time, they're like, oh my God, the client will never accept that because that's just way too rigid. And I think a lot of times people like rigidity, they like structure, they like to know that you've given it the thought, you've given it the space to kind of go into this relationship that says, I value you as a client. And because I value you so much, I'm going to establish these communication expectations or these boundary expectations so you know exactly what I'm able to give you. And here's the cool thing about it. If you exceed those boundaries, if you over, over, under promise, over deliver, call it what you will, cliches, or there's cliches, cliches galore around this, it only makes you look better mm -hmm. in the end. Mm -hmm. Because everyone's so fearful of like, oh, I don't want to lose that client. But I'm, I found that the more I established parameters up front, Absolutely. the more I had boundaries in terms of how that would work, the more respect and the more beneficial both parties got out of that relationship. And there's always room for negotiation. So if you oh. present that and they come back to you and say, well, this is what we really need, you can negotiate on that or you can say, I can absolutely do that, but there's a charge for that and this like is that. what it is. I like that. So that you can't get and, to take advantage yeah, of it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know what, people want, we have a lot of tire kickers that come and they just want to get the best thing they can for their money. But there's a value to all things. So, you know, you still need to be fair. And as well, your clarity and your perspective, you know your job inside and out. Those people that you're working with and want to collaborate with, they might not know all the things that go into what you're creating or, or um, providing for them you know the time that goes into it. So it's all about actually knowing your craft as well. Absolutely, knowing your craft and know, yeah. So know it can be your fault, right? If you're, if you're not, you know, if you're feeling like you're being taken advantage of, well, first of all, you may make things seem so seamless that people don't realize how much work you put into it, or it is your fault because you didn't let them know that this is the value for it. This is how much it, it costs for me to produce this. Absolutely, know your craft, and I would take that one step further, for me at least, because early on in my life, I did not do this. I would say yes to everything mm -hmm. and just try to figure it out afterwards. Mm -hmm. And, and that, that's a good solution for some things. Um, but it can get you into a lot of trouble. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so know your niche. Know what you're really, really good at and don't be afraid to, we talk about collaborations, know your niche and don't be afraid to pass it off to either somebody else on your team or somebody else who might be able to do that a little bit better than you can. And I think early on I was like, I have to take all of this work, I'm not gonna give it to anybody because we're in direct competition. Stay small, keep it all. Yeah, and so, you know, that's a great point. And so early, so as, as my life has evolved and I've become hopefully more self-aware and my business has evolved, I've realized that 
it's collaboration over competition 10 out of 10 times because yeah. call it karma, call it what you will, but I cannot tell you how many times I have forwarded another wedding to someone else that I was either booked for or it just wasn't a good fit for me or they were looking for something that was outside my niche and I would send it to somebody who I, who I know could handle that business better than me. And then months later down the road, weeks later down the road, I was repaid the same favor. And so by nurturing those relationships and sending out stuff that's outside your niche to other people, mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're telling those people that you value them as a, as a collaborator, you value them as a friend or as a network or a whatever it is. And in, invariably, if they fall within your space, that, that favor is returned. Mm -hmm. So know your niche. Um, I think, is, it, is there anything in terms of ways to, do you have recommendations to, how do you sever the ties with somebody? What's, what's the best way to, let's say you've been in a long-term relationship. With I send client. you an email and ask you to do it for me. <laughs> <laughs> but truthfully, like, are, are there ways that are better than others that you could recommend um, you're engaged in a relationship with somebody, maybe it's a client you've been working with for a while, and now they're just starting to stifle your soul. How, how do you end that relationship? What are some ways that you can go through that process? Um, I, I think there's discussion discussions that need to happen because sometimes it can be a misunderstanding. With the client, potentially, yeah. or with the person who's stifling you or something. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah, I think just being like open and discussing it is the first thing to do because sometimes we misunderstand. Sometimes... You know, you can you can get a text on something, and maybe somebody's not good at texting, and it comes through really blunt. And so, having that face to face, or you know, I pick up the phone. Pick up the phone. Pick up the phone. And try to clear the air on things. You know, another, another consideration for that as well is that you know we talked about how we evolve and we grow, and and our business model changes, and our personalities change, and all that sort of thing. You you know, this this conversation that you have with them. It's not one-sided. We're looking at it from our lens mm -hmm. on everything we're mm -hmm. saying right now, but they may feel the same. Like maybe they want out of that relationship and, it, and we are the ones that are not ma matching their expectations and their needs because they too have changed. Like it's very possible that as we all grow through our lives and evolve through the different things that you just might go off into a different direction than I'm going. And there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. But being able to recognize that and understanding when that crux has finally been reached and dealing with it head on as opposed to just kind of like, I just hope it goes away and walking yeah. away. Yeah. That's going to be worse in the long run. And a lot of times you just don't know what's being, what's happening on the other end. You don't know that, hey, I was traveling or, hey, we, we're going through some hiring right now. We're having problems with this and this. That, you know, they might be putting out fires on their end and you're, you're, you're interpreting it the wrong way. So that communication can sometimes like totally change your perspective on it. Absolutely. So ways to deal with it. Recognize it, be self-aware around it. Really truthfully ask yourself some honest questions. Is this feeding my soul? Is this adding to my creativity? Do I feel stifled at the end of the day? And financially, if I were to cut this out of my business, if I were to end this relationship with this client or stop doing yeah, business, yeah. know your numbers, like understand if I lose this job, what does it mean for my bottom line? Maybe there's a way of shifting the energy around. Maybe you can reassign it to somebody else on your team. Maybe you can have that conversation up front and realize that there's some ways to start scaling back so that it's not just to cut off, cut yeah. off the lizard tail yeah. at the end. So knowing all those parameters going into it and being honest with yourself and having that tough conversation because the longer that you suppress it, the worse it's going to get. Yeah. Remember in the end, and, and this is my last thought on this, this is your life. This is your business. You and only you know what makes you happy.
what makes you want to get up in the morning and why do you wake up at 5 a.m. to do what you do? Because you love doing the work that you're doing. You mm -hmm. love taking on the phone calls or working with the clients or taking the photos or strategizing with somebody. Those are the things that really rock your boat. And if they're not, realize that this is your life. Only you get to write the rules for it. And don't be afraid to make those tough decisions. And I think, I think a lot of times people get into trouble because they're afraid, truthfully, they're afraid to hurt other people's feelings. They, they, are, they are not in love with themselves. They're around. afraid of con conflict as yeah. well. And, and, and We all are. We all are. I, I, man, I, I, many years of my life were, were, were going through that process of fear and, and neglecting my responsibility on having those conversations, even though I knew they were the right thing to do. And I think you need to do, when you're saying the right thing to do, I think you need to treat it in a very mature uh, kind way whatever whatever you're you're however you're terminating or however you're going forward I live in a very small community that you're gonna see those people again and you'll be in a totally different city and run into people you know you always want to leave it on a positive note don't you that is a fantastic point and can I just end with one little story around that point mm -hmm. I'll try to keep it short <laughs> many many years ago I was on a project at a client site up in Maine and we broke for lunch and we went our ways and I went by myself because there's some things I wanted to catch up. On the way back from the office, I was rear-ended at a stoplight. I got out of the car and you'd be proud of me. I was cool, I was chill. I went up and started to approach the car and this cat got out and he was just screaming at me even though I was the one in front of him and he had rear-ended. <laughs> Apparently the light had changed and I didn't move quickly enough or something. I forget the reason. Anyway. He was cursing me out, um, refused to give me his information, and so I called the police. The police was like, there's really nothing you can do, so you didn't get a license plate. So I was like, okay, great. It was a car rental. So anyway, fast forward. So I went back to the office, and I was in a couple of workshops that day teaching some people some various sundries of, of technology. And on the third or fourth workshop later that day, guess who walks into my class that afternoon? Uh, and this, yeah, and this dude <laughs> saw me, and he couldn't have gotten brighter than you can possibly, brightest red you can possibly imagine. So I was like, hey, what's up, man? How you doing, brother? <laughs> <laughs> he took a seat. We had our conversation. When the class was over, he must have realized that now I knew who he was. I had his name. I knew where he worked. Mm. He actually came up to me, and he was like, I forget his words, but he's like, I don't know what got a hold of me, but I'm really, 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 really sorry. Truthfully, he was saying, please don't tell me, please don't tell me, please don't tell me. <laughs> <laughs> but he was really, really apologetic. But my point in that story is that that role could have been complete, and this has a happy ending. That, that role could have been reversed because I was the client on site at their company. Had I gone out of my car and was just screaming at him and cursing him out like he had done to me, I could have gone back to that gig. He could have had my information, recognized who I was, and that, I would, have, that would have not only reflected poorly on me, of course, but of course the corporation that I was there representing. Yeah. And so- You were your best self. Nice. Uh, yeah, and it was fantastic because I was the one that got hit. And, you know, I remember I was like, I don't know, my hurt because my neck was kind of fuzzy. It has a happy ending. But the point is, is you're right. Like, everything comes full circle no matter what. Like, the skeletons always rise. So when you do end relationships, you're 100%. That's a brilliant point. Like, do it with some class. Like, you don't need to be a dick about it. 
because you never know maybe that person's personality or preferences or predilections for whatever it is that was causing you turmoil now maybe they'll maybe they'll change and evolve or down the road there's rollover in that business and there's other people so so that's a brilliant point i like that close so thank you for listening we are working out the kinks on our little podcast here. I hope you're getting some value for the two or three people who are actually listening right now. I hope you're getting some value from the nuggets we're dropping. Um, we're working on the production process. We're upgrading our mics. As you can see, this hopefully sounds better today. And um, got a really cool lighting. Thank you for this beautiful house that we're doing our, our uh, recording in. And if there are any topics that you would like to hear us talk about, you can email them directly from the podcast here. There's a little link right here at the bottom of it. So Perfect. I hope people do that. Thank you. Have a Thank day. you.